During these segments, I will not give advice. I will simply share my views and opinions. I do not ask for or receive donations, financial compensation, gifts, or benefits from Sound Mind One Third Ministries, guests and our listeners that call into this segment. I am an associate marriage and family therapist. These segments are not group therapy, nor are they meant to replace therapy or professional mental health services. These segments are simply a platform to raise awareness and remove the stigma attached to mental illness and to give individuals the opportunity to share opinions and views on community issues. If you are experiencing a psychiatric emergency, please call 911. If you are experiencing mental health issues that may be discussed in this segment that are not emergent, please seek out professional mental health services. Please do not shout, use profanity, or call any guest or listener out of his or her name. Please respect the views, opinions, race, party affiliation, and religion of Others. All right. Amen, amen. I'm going to open up with uh, a, a prayer. Amen. Father God, we come in the name of your darling son, Jesus Christ, thanking you for this hour, thanking you for the time that you have allowed us to meet. I pray that something will be said that will be a blessing to the listeners that have called in. I pray that I will decrease that you may increase, that you may get the glory for what is done and said through this ministry. I pray that the words in my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, Lord, for you are my Lord, you are my strength, and you are my redeemer. Amen, amen, and praise God, praise God, praise God. God is awesome. He is so wonderful, and I thank God for for each of you that have called in today. I thank you for your amazing support. During this transition, I, I, the prayers and the phone calls and the text messages, thank you so much. Um, God is amazing, and he's doing amazing things. Um, through, and he's going to do amazing things through this ministry. I, a year ago, I just want to briefly say this, that a year ago, um, the Lord placed it on my heart to expand my mental health ministry, and I kept um, dragging my feet. And so this is this what's going on today, what's happening today, a year in the making, a year in the making. And so I, I praise God for you, my family, um, my uh, church family, my biological family, my friends, my co-worker community friends, in the midst, friends, thank you for your prayer. Thank you, all of you that helped me um, transition to this point. Um, those that helped me set up the line, you know, I praise God for you. Thank you so very much. And so I just want you to know that we will be doing, like we will have the mental health awareness every Thursday at 6, and then we will have the roundtable discussion at 7. Um, in the future, I will, if the good Lord wills, I want to expand to a support group to support individuals that are um, taking care of loved ones that have mental challenges. 
Um, and then a book club. And then I also, uh, I wanted to do this earlier this year, but COVID came about. But I wanted to um, put form a task force. And I feel that is my plan to form a task force where we can go out to the community and provide resources and education, you know, um, and health fairs, going to churches to speak about the stigma attached to mental illness and, 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 and to also, <coughs> excuse me, to also um, uh, provide psychoeducation to churches. So that, that's another, um, something that I've planned as well in the coming year, again, if the good Lord wills. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I have a special guest here today, and I know everyone's really excited about um, her um, coming forward. Again, thank you. So for those of you that are not aware, um, your call this is about forward forward to an automatic voice. Hello. Okay. So October is National Disability Awareness Month. Okay? It's National Disability Awareness Month. And it's just so it's so it's perfect because she's here today and she's gonna be talking about autism and her book and all that good stuff. And so October the first, we start off October celebrating National Disability Awareness Month, and and I'll, I'm going to be I will be discussing briefly autism, and although autism is not a mental illness, right? It's not a mental a mental illness. It's a developmental disability. However, it is in the DSM five, right? Um, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual Manual of Mental Diseases. So it is in the it is in the the DSM, and it was formerly known as autism or autistic disorder, and now in the DSM, I mean the DSM five, it was revised, right? It was revised, and now it's under autism spectrum disorder. It's under autism spectrum disorder, also known as ASD. And so autism is it's taken from a Greek word that means auto, which means self. And it basically, and that means it, it, it describes conditions um, where a person isolates. A person is isolated from social interaction. So that's where the word came from, a Greek word called auto. Okay, once again, it's not a mental illness, it's a neurological and developmental disorder. Okay, it begins early in childhood and it lasts throughout a person's life. It affects how a person acts, it affects how they interact with others, it affects how uh, a person communicates and how, how they learn. Okay, so it's developmental. And some of the signs, signs and symptoms of autism um, the, the body posturing and the facial expressions are a little different, right? Um, the tone of the voice is different. A lot of oftentimes they avoid eye contact or they have poor eye contact. 
there's a, a deficiency in, in um, language comprehension. And um, sometimes the social interaction consider, um, it, may or, it may be considered, I should say, inappropriate. And sometimes there's a delay in learning, a delay in learning, a delay in speaking, okay? And so there's like a two-part criteria for autism. Um, there's a, a deficiency in like the social interaction. Sometimes the, so, the social cues are not there. And then also sometimes there's um, the second part. There may very well be repetitive movements, repetitive statements. And so when we say that it's on the spectrum, the spectrum is, is something that's used to, it's used to classify developmental disabilities because there are a number of them on the spectrum, right? You have Asperger's and you have pervasive um, developmental delays. And so um, um, in, in with, with, I'm sorry, with autism, in severe cases, it can be diagnosed by the age of two. So what, hap so what the doctor does, the psychologist, looks at developmental behavior. Are they taking milestones? Okay. One moment. Let me see if I can. One moment. Bear with me. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to move that. Okay, so. And on um, several cases, it can be diagnosed by the age of two. They look at the milestones. So in other words, when a, when a child is developing, they should be, so at a certain age, right, they should be talking. At a certain age, they should be smiling. At a certain age, they should be, you know, they can wave goodbye, you know, by a certain age. So when, they, when, when the child is not meeting those milestones, um, they, you know, they can look further into some other things, but that's that's the main the main test, or you know, the cues that they that they look for. And you know, with developmental disability and mental illnesses, oftentimes they're lumped together, and that's because of the let's see the the thought process and the behaviors. That's why they lump them together, because the thought process and the behavior. And before I introduce my guest, I just want to say that um, the developmental disability, they have obstacles to learning. But the difference is when, when a person has a developmental disability like Asperger's or autism, they're not, they're not um, hearing voices. They're not you know, delusional. Whereas with a mental illness, there's a change in the thought process, right? So in other words, if a person has like depressed, say they have depression, they may lose motivation to engage in situations, um, low energy, but they will not lose their cognitive ability to understand um, those situations. So, so that's the difference. And I want to say that, you know, for the more autism is, it, I think it's fairly common. They say, studies show, there was a report that came out earlier this year, and I think it's about one in 54 children in the U.S. 
or died in those 30 years with autism. And so I have a very, 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 very special guest with me today. I have Florence Bracey. Florence Bracey is here, and she authored a book, Help Me Understand My Child, A Mother's Truth About Autism. Okay, once again, Help Me Understand My Child, a mother's truth about autism. And and she's here today and such a, a, a beautiful woman. I met her um, this last year. We both spoke at a conference and we were sitting, it was, you know, I was she was sitting right next to my twin sissy and um and just a lovely lady, a beautiful lady, and she talked with so much um, compassion about the love that she has for her son who is autistic and and she's going to come at this time but I'm going to read a little bit about her um, such a what a, a beautiful story and, and the book is just awesome she's going to talk about her book as well so um, I'm reading this directly from her book it says Florence Bracey was born in Los Angeles and grew up in Pasadena California Ms. Gracie facilitates support groups for parents and caregivers of people with autism. In addition, she is a special needs advocate representing children with special needs at administrative hearings. She was recognized by the state of California for her work in the special needs community and was selected to serve on the Interagency Coordinating Council for Early Intervention. This board serves as an advisory council on policy for the State Department of Developmental Services. Her education includes studying at Pacific University in Forest Grove, Oregon, California State University, Los Angeles, and UCLA. She earned her BA in Speech Communications and is certified in public relations, special needs, advocacy, and paralegal studies. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband of 30 years, Charles, and their son, Brad. Their daughter, Brittany, is married and has two children. Florence enjoys reading, walking in charity fundraisers, writing, cooking, and she especially enjoys spending time with her family. This is her first published book. Florence Bracey is available for speaking engagements, workshops, conferences, and other special events. To inquire, please visit www.florencebracey.com. And of course, she's going she's gonna to give you more information on that. Okay, and, so, and then Florence Bracey's social media information is as follows. Facebook, um, Florence Bracey, Facebook, colon, Florence Bracey. All right. And at this time, I would like for you all to welcome a beautiful, dear woman. Oh, my gosh. Florence Bracey, please come at this time. We are so happy to have you. God bless you, dear. And um, let's see. Florence, are you there? 
Well, let's see, we're good. Because she's wait one moment. Let's, let's make sure she's not muted out. Okay. So you could press star six to unmute yourself. Can you hear me now? Okay, I can hear you now. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Aretha, for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here and um, talk to you about autism and what my experience has been. My, I have a 29-year-old son. Well, next week he'll be 29. He'll correct me if I, he heard me say that. <laughs> so I've been on this journey for a long time. And I run a support group for families who have children and adults with autism here in the Los Angeles area, but we meet by Zoom. And I wanted just to share um, some things that I've been through uh, with um, just raising my son. But with the pandemic and everything, I wanted to read something that I had written because all of you know that all the schools are shut down and my son attends a work program and all that has been discontinued since March. So he's home with my husband. I I still work during the daytime. But I just wanted to share something with all the happenings with the um, Black Matter, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, and everything, and the COVID. Some things I was thinking about, and I want you to just listen because most people think of autism, they think of children, but these children grow up to be adults, mm-hmm. and. Aretha gave you a nice foundation about what autism is. It affects communication and cognition and social, social behavior. And it's on a spectrum, very low functioning and very high functioning. I would say my son is probably high functioning but with a lot of gaps. So I always say that because most people think, oh, he's high functioning, he looks normal, but there's gaps. So... I want to share something I wrote. It's called Reimage, Retool, and Reup. As a mother of a 28-year-old who was who has autism, I'm finding myself 90 days in the midst of the world's second pandemic in modern times. I have to reimagine, retool, and reup my next steps with my 28-year-old son. We are in the midst of a world vortex from the George Floyd killing to the world pandemic and financial shutdown. Thinking the state of, about the state of the world and reevaluating my life with my disabled son, I've had to reevaluate my priorities and advocating for him. My son, too, is a young black man. More than that, no one is talking about autism matters. We went through March, April, and May like a whisper in the night without any acknowledgement of autism. For that's our annual Autism Awareness Month. No mention of it in the media. Just like Black Lives Matter, autism matters. As our adult children grow up in this ever-changing world, and I listen to how the world is going to change with proposed police-compliant policies for the black, 
for the young, for the poor, for the gay, and for the elderly, what policies in place are going to be in place to change the universal training for the police for the developmentally disabled who have autism? There are smatterings of trainings here and there, but no mention of a universal training across the board for the police to teach the police about the fastest growing developmental disability in the world and how to approach individuals with autism. I remember one day when Brad, that's my son, was 18, we stopped at a gas station with a mini-mart. I had recently taught him how to pump gas. Anticipating that my teaching skills had worked, I gave him the money and practiced with him before he got out of the car. We role-played how to tell the cashier which pump, the amount of gas we needed, and the kind of gas. Sitting there in my car viewing him in line from afar, I was hoping that he would remember my instructions. I noticed while in line to pay that my six-foot 190-pound son was starting to stir and do the nervous autism flap. That's flapping his arms like he's ready to fly off and adjusting his pants, which is a nervous twitch he has. Perched in the corner of the store was a policeman on duty in the market. He got out of his seat and approached Brad, asking him with his deep, commanding voice, Is there a problem, young man? As I anticipated the simple task of paying for gas could turn into, quote, a situation, I jumped out of my car, rushed to the policeman, and explained to the officer that my son has autism. He's not a danger to anyone, and he has a nervous twitch when he becomes nervous or anxious. So, yes, like all mothers and fathers of adults with autism, I worry about my adult son being stopped by the police because of his autism ticks, flaps, and jerks. I'm reimagining a world where my son and our adult children can safely walk the streets without being harmed by the police from those who are there to protect us. I am challenging myself to re-up and energize myself to spread the concern that this training needs to be implemented for the 3.5 million people in America who have autism. And the retooling of our safety for our children can be secured because autism does matter. So I just wanted to share that our concern for our children, <laughs> thank you, our children extends until through adulthood. Families of, you know, children or adults with autism, we always worry about our children because of safety issues, and we want the same things as everyone else. And for those that don't have children or don't have anyone that you know personally that, that has autism, just imagine you have a baby and you get this news that your baby is not going to be normal. It's devastating. Our parents go through a grieving process to five stages of grief, and they become depressed. And sometimes it takes a day or two to just um, come out of it, and sometimes it takes years. 
It depends on the person. But I just want to share something with you. Some people stay in their houses. Some stay in their rooms all day. Some have lost faith in God. And, I, and others are embarrassed to even say the word. And what am I describing? Autism. Like Aretha mentioned, it's one in 54 children are diagnosed with um, autism. It's the fastest growing developmental disability, and it's 1% of the world population. And a lot of people ask, well, where does it come from? Well, the hypothesis is it could be the environment, the vaccines, older parents. They really don't know. And there's a lot of research. Some of the research is um, a lot of the research is based out of UCLA, UC Davis, um, University of Pennsylvania, and University of Arizona. So those are the main spots. But it's all over the world. And in 1996, I started writing about what I was going through, just getting services for him, because at that time there wasn't all the information that's available right now in about autism, all the conferences or people accepting the fact that a child has autism. And for those of us that have adults, they remember the journey at that time. We fought for everything and just to get people to just acknowledge that this was a problem. And so I started writing in my journal. I wrote for 12 years how I navigated the system, and this was ages K through, um, grades K through 12, and a family friend said, you need to make this into a book. I said, oh, no one wants to see this. He said, yeah, they did. So I sat on it for a couple of years because I really didn't think anybody would be interested in it. Anyway, um, I did decide to go ahead with it, and it took me a couple of years to get it edited and format it like I wanted it. So I came out with Help Me Understand My Child, A Mother's Truth About Autism in 2018. And the Spanish version will be out in the next, I'm thinking next couple months. It's, it's almost there. It's almost finished. But it's been received by the providers, parents, anyone interested that has a soul and a heart that wants to read about autism and what a parent goes through. Because most people don't know what we as parents go through in just living every day. And like Aretha mentioned, it's on a spectrum, very high-functioning to very low-functioning. And the high-functioning um, people might have a lot of gaps, social there, there's a movie on Netflix called um, The Love on the Spectrum. So if you're interested in the adults and dating and learning about how they date, some things they come out with, you might want to check that out. But we go through a lot, and so I was in a meeting, a community meeting with UCLA, and they were trying to figure out how they wanted to help the community, and I was there. I said, well, why can't we have a support group? And they, they said, 
Yeah, why not? Because the ones I was going to, all of them were on the west side or South Bay or there's plenty in the valley, but nothing in the city of L.A. And so they basically gave me a place, and I solicited the parents, and we've been running almost five years. So at those meetings, I bring professionals that talk about autism, and of course we meet amongst ourselves, and they, there's a lot, of different, a lot of moving parts with autism. And our parents not only have to be parents, they have to be psychologists and lawyers and pharmacists, because some of our children have a lot of physical problems. And a lot of times they're their only friend because sociability is one of the, one of the characteristics of autism. So they don't make friends easily or they don't, they don't know how or they don't know how to maintain friendships. So that's, you know, that's what our parents have to go through. And we get a lot of coping skills through the speakers that I bring to the group. And you know you're not out there by yourself because there is a process and getting services is not easy. So that's what we learn at our support group meetings is how to secure services. And we, we learn from each other. And that's, that's a benefit too. So, and what I encourage families to do that have um, that needs services to look into other communities because we all are looking for the same thing. We're looking for the answers, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if I have to go to East LA to find it or to Palos Verdes. I'm going because the information is the same. So I encourage families, and for those that are part of the church community, is to get the kids that have autism, get them involved. I mean, they can pass out the, I know some of your, your audience are church um, members, uh, to pass out the, the programs or to set the chairs up for special occasions, something they can do, get them involved, because they want to be part of the community as well. So... Please, you know, get them involved or introduce them. Be that that liaison to introduce them to the other children, the other young adults, because a lot of times they just need that extra support in getting them connected. So. Wow. And you know, I I just want to add that I have the opportunity to take part in the um, in support group a few weeks ago, and it is so, um, I can, it's just really, just to see the love and the um, compassion that those, you know, the, the family members have for their loved ones, and, and I thought it was, it was just a wonderful uh, group, a wonderful setting, just a, a wonderful, comfortable one moment, please. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a wonderful 
um, a wonderful setting, and I just wanted to commend Florence on her just the love and the dedication, and um, you are such an inspiration to so many, so many um, parents, especially parents. You know, if you don't, if you never walk with your shoes, you don't know how it feels to, you know, to um, to hear that diagnosis. And I was reading in the book. I was, um, I mentioned it to Florence. I was reading in the book how her daughter. Um, with a counselor, a, uh, I guess a summer camp counselor, and um, there was a well, you know what? I'll let I'll let Florence tell you about that. But she she referred to it as the A word, the A word, and I thought that was really interesting. But Florence, just tell me about that part in the book where your daughter was at the camp, and there was a comment made to her. She might have muted herself. Okay. Florence? One moment. Hello? Hi, Florence. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Yes. Okay. Uh, My daughter... There's a nine years, I'm sorry, seven years difference between my daughter and my son. And she mentioned to me, I guess she was about 16, 15, that she, she was like a junior counselor at camp. And this guy who was a counselor says, and my son was at the camp too. It was like a day camp. And he asked her, does your brother have autism? And we hadn't really even dealt with it at that point. And she mentioned it to me, and because she said, I, I noticed that some of the other kids didn't, you know, he didn't act like the rest of the kids. So it didn't really dawn on her before then that there was a problem. And Alicia? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when she mentioned it to me, I said, oh, that guy's a jerk. Don't believe him. He's just talking. <laughs> and, you know, I hadn't, really, I hadn't really dealt with it. I hadn't come. It hadn't been confirmed. You know, his assessment hadn't been completed. And I hadn't even, you know, I didn't even think there was a problem. And I was in denial, of course. You know, from the beginning, I just didn't know what the problem was when everybody else was telling me, well, he's playing by himself. He's not playing with the kids. He's playing parallel to the kids. And I said, oh, he's just a loner. He's just shy, you know. And early on, I noticed that there was a delay in him responding to me. He was about four or five. And I thought he, he had a hearing problem. So I took it to the pediatrician, and they said, oh, his hearing is just fine. And I said, okay, well, he's just shy, or he's just, you know, he's okay. He's only, you know, there's a seven-year difference between the two, so he's like an only child. So that's what I, I thought the problem was, and that was not the problem. But now the diagnosis, they're, they're diagnosing these kids if they're if they're severe physical problem or something they can 
diagnose them very early, like six months. But normally mm-hmm. it's about 18 months um, that they start really getting a firm assessment for for um, for autism. And and normally those are done through the regional center or through mm-hmm. your, your your pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And the services, I want to talk a little bit about the services, are provided through the regional center when they're very young, up till three years old. And then it kind of bifurcates. Some of the re- services are provided by the regional center and some are provided by the school district. And after three, most of them are provided by the schools. But some of your speech, um, they're provided, it's provided through your insurance if you have insurance. If not, the regional center provides that. Speech is a real big uh, service that's provided to our children. And my son had speech from third grade through um, his, his senior year in high school. So, And you must know that speech therapists, there's a shortage of them. So like I said, speech is a big provider. And a lot of people don't get all the speech they really need because there's a big shortage of them. So know that and be patient <laughs> when getting that um, service, you know, provided for your child. But and a lot of girls go undiagnosed because their personalities are, you know, they're defined as they're shy or they're quiet when actually they have autism. So a lot of girls get misdiagnosed or they get a late diagnosis. Um, I just wanted to share that with you. There are 50,000 adults who turn 18 years old who have autism every year. So this population is growing older. And these um, people are looking for jobs. They're looking for um, love. They're looking for all the other rites of passages that an adult a typical adults looking for, you know, um, mm-hmm. to drive. Some can drive, but probably will never drive. And they want a girlfriend, some of them. So those are some things that we have to contend with as parents because some things we have to adjust a little bit. Maybe they won't get their own apartment. Maybe they'll live uh, with a roommate or live in a group home. Or they'll just be at home like my son. He's with us, and I'm okay with it. Uh, UCLA has a program. It's called Pathways where they live on the campus like a a typical student, but it's through the extension program. And they take classes that are appropriate for their skill level. And... Then for the very severe and the, the very wealthy, they send them away. <laughs> There's <laughs> residential homes, yeah, $100,000 yeah. a year. So these are the kinds of things that are going on out there in the real world. And then you have people like, they say, Bill Gates, he's high-functioning, he's like a genius, but he has a touch of autism um, mm. that are functional. Are a lot of engineers, people that have quirky personalities, but they can function. 
mm-hmm. there's a young man that's part of, um, he's running a support group out of UCLA. He's got his master's in psychology, and he works with the researchers. And but he, has, he has autism, but he's functional. But mm-hmm. there's, like, gaps. Like, he can't cook. He's just learning how to do some things around the house. But he's able to do the schoolwork to, to earn him a master's so you know they're just like us they want the same things we want it's just sometimes we have to navigate life a little differently mm-hmm. to support them sure. and they react differently some people have uh, they're frustrated because they have a language problem there's programs there's equipment out there to provide children and adults to, so they can communicate so there's so many different um, providers and ways of doing things, and everyone knows about autism now. It's not like when I was going through um, trying to find um, services for my son. So. Wow. Boy. And, you know, I just want you to know that I just received a text message and one of the listeners said, you know, wow, thank you, because she said that she never really understood autism until now. So, you know, what you're doing is just it's wonderful and it's helping people. It's, it's beneficial. And um, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of listeners feel the same way. Um, yeah. It's, it's just, um, you know, people need to understand, because normally when I go speak, I ask how many people have someone in their family or they have, uh, you know, someone in their neighborhood that they know of, but they don't really know them, and they raise their hand. It's like the whole room raises their hand because people are aware now. And mm. and sometimes the parents need, like, a kind word, you know, like no. you're doing a good job or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's a yeah. lot of work yeah. and some, mm-hmm. you know, some – of the children are adults they can't sleep at night. You know, it's all the characteristics vary per person. So you can't put say one thing across the board for all kids or adults with autism. They all have different things. You know, some people can do great mathematics but they can't tie their shoes. Wow. And it's just like a magnifying glass. It's just like typical people. We all have gaps. But with them, it's like a magnifying glass, you know, that their deficits. But I want to share with you, in my book, I've got ten helpful tips. Sure. And I want to share those. Number one, listen to your child. There might be something that they're interested in that you can give them exposure to, an instrument, a hobby, a sport, skill, something that you might also be interested in as well. Call their name. When giving instructions or speaking to them, call their name first to get their attention so they know you are talking to them. Number three, appreciate the things that your special needs child can do. Because some of us are like, well, you know, my neighbor, he's eight years old, and why can't my eight-year-old do this? Or my my senior in high school, you know, he he he's doing this. Why isn't my... Done doing that. Appreciate 
the small things your child can do. Get involved in family activities such as answering the phone. Get them involved in the family. Leading family discussions or prayer. Making grocery lists. Taking the trash out. Cleaning out a drawer or a closet. And, you know, like when I have my shoes all, they need to be arranged neatly. I said, Brad, can you... Can you organize that for <laughs> Get him involved to do some things. Or, you know, he has a whole list of things. But, you know, get them involved. Don't think because they can't, um, uh, they're not thinking clearly sometimes that they can't do things. Give them chores. Mm-hmm. Praise them in front of family members for work well done. This is important so family members acknowledge that the special needs child has value. Incorporate them into the daily activities of your home. Don't assume because they have special needs they are incapable of being a vital part of the family. Five, make sure both of you are well hydrated and well rested and have eaten. All this can help in maintaining your patience with them and with their behavior. Six, collaborate with parents, organizations, and agencies. Meet with other parents or neighbors to work in partnership to accomplish goals for your child. Put teams together for your special needs child in areas of medical care, education, and social issues. Seven, advocate for your child. If there are any opportunities for club membership, church activities, or leadership positions for which your special needs child has a talent, get them involved. Be that link that liaison. Speak for them, because sometimes they don't have the ability to speak up for themselves, to advocate for themselves. Have specific goals for your special needs child. These can be put into a plan. For instance, you might set goals every six months in the areas family, fun, faith, fitness, and future. So with our children, we have to have goals. You know, they just don't automatically have, you know, the, the normal developmental milestones. Say, okay, I'm going to work on him. Well, uh, with Brad right now, we're working on him, like working in the garden and pulling up weeds and things like that. And he hadn't, he helps with the, in the, when I cook, but I haven't had him really work with a knife much, so I've been having him do some, um, some chopping, you know, with my oversight, of course. Special needs children also need to have great expectations for their life. Mm-hmm. And with special needs children, we get tired. You know, as with all children, and I guess all of us who have children that are on Zoom right now, we're real tired, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's sometimes we have to take a mental break and not be so hard on us as parents with special needs child because we want them to progress. And sometimes we just have to say, okay, for a few months, I, I'm not doing, I can't, I can't pressure myself, I can't upset myself. It's just going to have to be okay. And a lot of people are concerned about their children now with the Zoom. They're not, they're not progressing like they normally would with the other kids or they're having a setback. And sometimes you have to say, okay, this three months or this six months, we're just going to write it off. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Number 10, yeah. have faith. 
Oh, no, nine, I'm sorry. Special needs children also need to have great expectations for life. The celebrations and activities may look different from traditional forms or formats, but they are still being celebrated. Ten, have faith. Faith does work and miracles do happen when you expect them. My motto with my group is our children do get better. That child that was diagnosed at eight years old, meaning Brad, my son, He's not the same. He's got so many um, capabilities now that he didn't have at eight. And they might not be the same skill level that a a typical 29-year-old has, but he's not at at eight, okay? (laughs) So sometimes we just have to adjust our, our meters and just be grateful for the the steps and the development our children do have. And I want to share that some parents can't even, I mean, some, yeah, some families that have children with special needs can't even talk to their family members about it because they don't believe there's a problem and they don't get any help. I have one parent in my support group who has a very um, severe um, child, um, low-functioning, and she gets no support from her family. She's a single mom, and she's looking. She's 21 now, so she's looking at putting her in a home because she's been doing this by herself all these years. And something else that um, I want to share with her that she shared with us that she's got to make some. She's making some decisions on is whether or not she's going to have um, her daughter sterilized because she says, I know she's going to live longer than me, and I don't want her to be, to, you know, something happens or someone gets a hold of her, that she gets pregnant, and, you know, there's nobody there to help her because I'm the only one in her corner, and I might not be here for her. I might, you know, I might die. So that's another thing that we have to think about as special needs parents is who's going to take care of our children. They're called conservatorships, and I know there's, it's a different kind of conservatorship that the mental health professionals use. But, yeah, um, I recently got ours for Brad because he needs to be taken care of if something happens to us. So it's a, it's a legal document that um, gives instructions on what's to be done for your special needs child. But, yeah, those are things that most parents, of a, 20, a typical 29-year-old don't have to think about. But things we have to think about those kinds of things. So I just wanted to give you a little insight to our world. <laughs> oh, boy, I tell you. I really appreciate that. I've learned a lot. I mean, you know, we studied, um, we had to study autism for the licensing exam, but you went into a lot of it's different hearing it from someone that's actually living it, you know, a parent that's actually living it. And so I do appreciate you and I want to um I want to open it up for anyone that would like to ask Florence a question. Oh and oh, before that day comes, Florence, tell them how they can purchase your book. Okay. So I have a website, uh, Florence um, Bracy, B-R-A-C-Y, dot com, and that'll tell you all about the support group and the um, 
the book, but I'm on Amazon. So it's called Help Me Understand My Child, or you can just put my, my name in there. It will come up. It's a short, short read. It takes about three hours. It's quick. It's easy to read, and you can take the chapters, and you, can, you don't have to read um, sequentially. You can just read the parts you want. Also in the book is my daughter and my husband's voice and what their feelings are about having a son and brother with autism. And I have resources in the back, local, national, international resources. So if you um, need them in different areas, they're there to get you started. But yeah, I love if anybody knows anyone or you have a child or an adult child with autism, I'd love for you to come join our group. It's called Buglehorn Autism Support Group. And just contact me at Bracy, B-R-A-C-Y, Florence, F-L-O-R-E-N-C-E, 2013 at Gmail, and I'll put you on the list, and I give out, um, I send out resources once or twice a month of all the things that are going on, free lectures, free tickets, conferences, we've got a lot of food going on now, a lot of food drives, free PPE equipment. Now, I just, uh, we just had a drive for my group that I got uh, supplies from the governor's office last month. So anyway, please pass my information along for those that might need it, either that's for yourself or family members or friends or coworkers, because um, there's help out there, and I'd love to have them part of the group. Sister Adams, may, may I make a comment? Sure. Sure, help yourself. Uh, this is Reverend Taylor. First of all, let me say to Sister Florence, we, we thank God for you and uh, mm-hmm. for your loving your, ch- your, ch- your child and your family. I, I have a personal friend that um, I've known over 30 years uh, that has a son with autism. And mm-hmm. I, I remember when he was born, he's about... He might be about the same age your your son is now, uh-huh. and I the struggles that you have gone through, we've been through them with with her, and right. she loved she loved guy just like you love your mm-hmm. son, and it's a lonely lonely journey because a lot of people although they claim they understand and right. they claim they with you. They they just can't. They they don't know. They can't feel what you feel, and they just don't understand. I watch guys from a little bitty boy, from a little kid, mm-hmm. uh, all through his uh, elder life now, and 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 what you are saying is is so true. I watch Gina, his mother, and uh, with working without a husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with two other kids, and and right. the Lord bless her, cause both of those kids grew up. One's a therapist, another the doctor, and and she wow. has called guy guy is the youngest. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. But I I I I just 
had flashbacks as you were sharing and knowing uh, what uh, 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 this person went through and still going through, still going through. And so I, I pray for you. I thank God for you and, and, and the church, the body of Christ, really need to uh, be aware and to rally. We, we love, we, we care. And, and a lot of things we just don't know. We don't know. We don't know because people don't share them. And then they're, they're in, in sensitive areas like this, a lot of people don't want to know. Right. <laughs> they yeah. don't want to know. So I thank God for you. I'm going to get your book. but uh, And I thank God, Sister uh, Adam, that we have segments like this that people, real people, can can get to know, you know, because it's it's so so real. We right. deal with it. I, I passed for some forty something years, fifty fifty some years. Hi. Uh, and 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 listen, it it is not easy. Right. It's not easy, and and I can feel the pain and the hurt, and yet the love, yeah. the love and the interest that you have. So, so you be blessed, be blessed, and and I pray that God will use the book and everything else to to bless so many people. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate those kind words. Hello, um, hi Aretha, this is Holly. How you doing, Precious? Oh, fine, Holly. How you doing? Nice to have you. Fine. Yes, I wanted to comment on what the lady spoke about. Uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of different things. I've got almost 38 years of dealing with different types of special needs, and I'm an advocate. Um, like you said, you have to be a lawyer. My daughter has gone on to glory now. She she would be 39. Make a long story short, she was poisoned, but we'll get into that later. But my husband and I, um, I'm a pastor. I attend Crenshaw Christian Center. I work in the special needs department. And I have a young lady that's really going through right now because her son, she has four children that have autism. And two of her kids are really, some of them are highly function are low, but they feed off each other. But my question to you is, we've talked to her several times because he beats her. And uh, he beat her up within the last, since he's been out. And he keeps going through different people. And she can't find anybody and we told her that he needs to either go to a group home or be disciplined, and she refuses to do anything. So I understand the pain that she's going through. Like I said, I, you know, I attend school. I've been doing this for a long time, and I want to pray for her. So later on, maybe we'll get together because um, um, I put resources aside. And I just want to say one more thing. Um, when my daughter was alive, um, we took care of a lot of special needs. So there's two things I want to say, and then I'll give the floor to someone else. There was one particular young lady. My daughter had came home and told me, Mom, you got to come talk to my teacher because my friend is in trouble. I said, what do you mean she's in trouble? She says she's pregnant, and she's scared to tell anybody. I said, well, what's the situation? So Michelle told me what was going on. Michelle was very high-functioning. So she didn't have outbreakers, but she had special needs. So we went to the school, and I went and told the teacher that my daughter told me that the young lady was pregnant, and she was scared because she was going to get put out. Come to find out, it was her stepdad. He had raped her and got her pregnant. Mm-hmm. And the mother didn't mm-hmm. refuse to do anything about it, so we had to take it mm-hmm. to the authorities. 
Then there was another situation with this lady. She had five children. She was on a fixed income, and my husband and I have been really blessed to be very lucrative. But her last child was about nine months, and she wasn't going to grow anymore. She was going to stay that size. And she needed, and what happened was we were going into the neighborhoods telling people to come to church. So I ran across her. She needed this facilitator. This was a long time ago. Oh, God, this is like in the early 2000s. She needed some kind of back brace to hold the girl because they said she would never have bones. She didn't have any bones in her body. And I know we believe in the power of prayer, but we still have to be, you know, good stewards. So the, they gave her a hard time. They didn't want to give her any money, so we paid for it. I had an organization called Mother's Angel where we took care of special needs. Sometimes, I would, like you said, I would take the kids out to dinner, or my husband and I would take the kids in the neighborhood to Knoxbury Farm. But my goal in my heart, I told this to Aretha, is to have a farm where they can come and hang out at. And I would be glad to support you. I have years and years of experience. I know how to do everything. And I'm a student in school. I make straight A's. I'm a special needs student. So, and I make straight A's. And, you know, I go to school. I'm working on my scholarships. And I understand what you're going through with your son. And my teacher, you know, he has a son who has Asperger's. And he looks to me. He talks to me all the time. That he says, you know, you really comfort me because people look down on me because he's, you know, he's of an, he. He has issues in his own life, but if there's anything that I can do personally to help you, to support you, to go speak with you or to give you resources, bicycles, whatever it is that you need. I'm in real estate, and I'm also a student, and um, it is what it is, you know. So I can go on and on. I can just tell you some stories that would just make you cry. And I'm trying not to cry because I'm real sensitive, but I've learned to be strong. So I just want to say I enjoy, enjoy listening to you, and I understand what you're going through. Because I had to do everything for my daughter. The problem with me and my husband is we made too much money, so they put us out. You know, and I told you, it doesn't matter about how much money. My daughter needs help, and I had to fight for her to get what she needed. My daughter went to college. They said she never walked. She never talked. She went to school. She learned. She got a degree, everything. So if there's anything, you can get my information from a reason. I'd be glad to speak with you, travel with you, whatever you need me to do. I have people in real estate that I know that will give you this cause. And I put my money where my mouth is. You're so kind. Thank you. Thank you, Holly. Thank you so much. This is Taylor. Yes, God bless you. Uh Uh-huh. God bless you, Mr. Reza. Hi, Mr. Ramsey. How are you? I am doing great. Um, I just want to start off with an encouraging word. The race wasn't given to the swift but he that endured to the end. And woman of God, I I commend, I just, I just thank God for what you're doing. And there's a lot of people that have that thing where we have to deal with patience. And I uh, just thank right. God that when we have that patience, um, cause a lot of people around this whole United States, all around this world, do not have patience. Like you said about that cop that came out there to that gas station, he just yeah. went up them real quick, but he didn't have patience to see what the young man was doing. Now, my cousin, she has a, a young girl who has autism, but she is very involved because she likes to decorate the trees for Christmas, and she likes to do the exercises when her mom's exercising. And we got to give these um, young men and women chances. 
And, you know, we got to help them guide their race to the end so they can endure. And thank God for endurance because what you're doing and the stuff that you're, you're doing in the classes and all the support is looking, it's making them look. They might not be where we're at, but I'm telling you, they watch. And when they watch us do things, and I was like my cousin, I think she's only like seven years old or maybe eight years old. So she's like, she's normal to most of the people around the whole world. I'm like, I can't believe it. And yeah. she just knows. She's alert and she watches. But thank God, that, you know, um, we have parents and we have support groups. And thank God for Sister Reba. And I just thank God because um, we need to hear about autism. We need to hear about um, depression. We need to hear about all that stuff because, you know, a lot of people are just worried about what's going on and what they're going to get, like a gimme, gimme, gimme. Well, you know what, okay. though? I thank God because I'm telling you, it's so interesting. So you just stay encouraged and you keep on going on because I tell you what, sometimes you get tired, but guess what? The joy of the Lord is your strength, and thank God he gives you strength. Amen, amen. You can take and you can, walk with, you can walk with your child, you can walk with somebody else's child, you can put them on to like a little group and they can build little things like Legos or something. And I'm telling you, they're learning, they're learning. But see, the, my one passing, I'll, then I'll be quiet. Cause I, you know, Mr. Ramsey got a big mouth. But um, I just thank God because when, my old pastor, she had a young man, about 28 years old, but he was autistic. And he had to sit, we had to hold his hand to make sure he didn't, because he used to run around the church, just, you know, just right. the service. And, and then he, he used to, you know, um, not to be blunt, but he used to take all his clothes off and try to, you know, and stuff like that. But he had something wrong with, with his mind. But see, when you look into him in the eyes and you say, okay, Lamont, sit down, Lamont, sit down. And if you had that right person who was around him and he knew who you were, Thank God for the autism people who know who you are, because right. some, some, when they don't know who you are, they get nervous, like you were saying, and it's just like it's unbelievable, but thank God that um, we have people who we can just hold on to them, just, you know, keep on encouraging, because I'm telling you, they're all watching. I don't care if you're in the east, the west, the north, the south, or overseas, right. these young children are watching, and we're going to Yes, they are. We're all helpers. That's why we got to help them with their race to the swift because, you know, they're going to endure to the end. And we don't know the day nor the hour when the Lord is returning, but thank God we can just hold on and endure every minute that we got. But powerful, powerful. And one question I have, and then I'll let somebody else talk on, how much is your book, ma'am? It's $20. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Sister Rita, thank you. God bless you, Minister Ramsey, and thank, thank you for you. those words of encouragement. Yes, and and Holly and Bishop Taylor, thank you so much. Those um, yeah, words you. are very encouraging. I appreciate yep. your chiming in. Hey, this is Minister Mike. Hi. Hi, Hi Mr. Mike. Hi, Miss Lawrence. Uh, Hi. Yeah, I was glad to hear you mention about UCLA because in the 1980s, UCLA was doing an extensive study you know, on autism, and I was doing a little cross-training with them. Okay. And one Uh of the things that frustrated me is I would go in the hall and work with autistic adults, and whatever uh, uh, the young lady learned, the parents would come, and it would disappear because they would bait the young lady. And then, you know, come back to the bar and have to start all over again. And one of her greatest joys was I would take her out to the park. Mm-hmm. And it's just so amazing. The, the kids that were like six years and, and, and under, mm-hmm. they related to her. And they, they loved her. They had a good time. And it really helped her to flourish. And, and, and 
what, what was amazing to me, children accept you just the way you are. Right. They learn the other type of negative behavior by watching, you know, uh, the example that the adults uh, mm-hmm. uh, show them. But I have a, a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned about the grief process. I'd like to know how long did it take you to get through the grief process? Mm-hmm. And then for those who don't understand, could you explain to them what a regional center is? Right. Okay. And then uh, you mentioned about gas. Could you also explain that? Because, you know, I know the terminology. I know Rita does, but mm-hmm. some people might Yeah, I understand know. it, too. I understand it, too. But okay, it's always so, good to hear it. Right. Okay. So the regional center, I'll start with that. The regional center, okay, every state in the United States delivers services differently. California, New York, Texas, they are the most generous. Some states, uh-huh. you have to go by lottery to get services. So there's a lot of people coming to California from Idaho, Nevada, some of these smaller states where they have to have lottery to get services because all we have to do here in California is if we suspect there's a problem, we go to one of the regional centers. The regional center is do you guys remember in 19, was that 20, oh, what was that, 2015, 2016? There's a shooting in San Bernardino. It was around Christmas time, and they yeah. killed all these people. Yeah. That was the regional center in San Bernardino where they, uh-huh. dispersed, they distributed services in that area. The regional centers here in the L.A. area, there's one in Culver City. It's called Westside Regional Center. South Central Regional Center is where the old um, Golden State Insurance Company used to be on Adams and Western. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've refurbished that. It's beautiful inside. Beautiful. It's a historic building. And then the one, there's one on Wilshire. Lannerman is on Wilshire around Normandy, I believe it is. And that's, those are the ones in our area. Okay. But there's 21 throughout the state. And depending on where you live depends on which regional center you go to. It's by, you know, jurisdiction. And so this is state money and it's um, services. Like I said, my son goes to a day program. They pay for that. When he was younger, he was um, in every big, every holiday, the regional center paid for him to go to a camp, like uh, the YMCA, the YWCA, um, all kinds of camps. Um, but that, they they cut that money out, so that's not available now. They had they used to have uh, horse um, equestrian um, training for the kids because a lot of the kids are soothed by horseback riding or grooming the horses. It's a therapy that's been cut out. But speech, social programs, depending on what your kids need, that's what they get through the regional center. But counseling, the one-on-one or the resource, that's all through the school district. So it bifurcates. There's two different ways of getting services after three years old. So that's the regional center. And what was the other question you had? About grief, me personally. Once yeah. I 
learned, yeah, once I learned what was the problem, because it was like two years where they're saying he he was, um, he, he either, he, I had an ST meeting, which is a, the initial meeting be, um, to discuss their concerns at the school. And they said, well, he wasn't playing with children. I said, well, he's just, you know, he's like basically only child because there's seven years difference. And I didn't see that being a problem. You know, he was, he was holding his own and doing the schoolwork. And so I would sit in the classroom. After they told me this, I would go to the classroom periodically to make sure, you know, just to see how he, how he performed compared to his, his uh, peers. And I said, well, he's reading better than most of these people. He's doing the work. You know, like, what are you guys talking about? You know, so I didn't really think there was a problem. I didn't delve into it. I didn't approve of the testing until he went to, until third grade. That's when everything, like, stopped. December of third grade is like he couldn't do, when you're in third grade, you do, you're learning more critical thinking, predicting how the story is going to end multiple step math problems he couldn't do it before it's more rote learning memory learning which he has a photographic memory my son does uh, so it just took once i understood there was a problem then i got on it pretty fast so and then i had to learn the system i had and i was fortunate because i had a friend that was in she was high up in special ed LA Unified, and she says, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I said, they're taking away my stuff, they're taking away my transportation, because you get transportation to, for them to pick your child up. And just things throughout the year, I have all that in the book and how I navigated all that. But the grief didn't stay long because I was able to figure it out. Sometimes it takes years for people to to just accept it. But once I was out of denial and it was clear cut that this was it, then I, I, you know, I just got going. But I can understand people are embarrassed by it or they, they're so overwhelmed. And I had a job where I have flexibility on my, you know, my time and I could write letters. I knew how to write. So it made it easy for me. And some people can't do all that. They don't have the bandwidth for that. And I get it. I understand. But what I try to tell them, like new parents, is that this is the world you're walking into. You have to negotiate. You have to fight for what you want. But you have to know what's out there to fight for, all these services that your child is entitled to. Some people don't even know that they teach, they'll, they'll pay for driver's ed for adults through the regional center. I mean, just things you just don't know. Uh, and or there's this um, special, Linda Mood Bell, a special reading program that you can ask for in the IEP. So different things, if you know what's out there, you know what to ask for. And that's the, that's the journey I was on. It's like, let me figure it out. And when people come to my support group, we have speakers that, you know, pretty much give details on how and what's available. Now there's all these, this discussion on how services are going to be delivered through Zoom 
you know, speech and physical therapy, which is really not working for our kids sitting in No, it doesn't work. Theater. Yeah. So it's not working for the regular kids. <laughs> it's really working, working for me. For <laughs> yeah. For hours. So, yeah, so to answer your question, you know, once I figured it out, I was on it. It's like, and you'll see all the things I went through. And the book is it's a quick read, but it's packed with information, encouragement, and hope because it just, and it tells you what kind of mindset you need to, to walk into this world. And for those that aren't part of this world, it gives you an insight of what we have to go through. I have a Was there a sense of uh, relief for you once you accepted it? I'm sorry, what? Was there a sense of relief once you accepted it? Oh, most definitely, because we weren't wondering, like, why can't, why is it taking so long to answer me? <laughs> or, you know, why are you acting like that? <laughs> yeah, I have another question for you. Um, this is Holly again. I know that when we find out that my daughter, you know, that she was going to have some special needs, why are most men in denial and they cry they don't want to deal with it? Because it took him a long right. time to accept it. Okay, yeah. He finally accepted, but it was hard. Like, I'm, and by me doing this with different people, and I talked to a lot of parents, the men don't never want to accept it. They just, like, no, this is not happening. You're wrong, whatever. And then when they finally do accept it and they realize it, then they, they kind of get depressed or break down. So why is it that men do that and women don't? Well, I think, I think it's their pride. It's their ego. I, did, I didn't experience that because my husband has been with me, like, the whole way. And there's mm-hmm. a part in the book that he shares his feelings. And like I said, my mm-hmm. daughter shows, shares her feelings as a sibling. But what well, they say, 80% of the people, you know, men leave, leave the family. Not just, well, once they accepted it, he was strong. He was there with me. He, you know, I put her in school. She played basketball. She was 6'8". She was an artist. She went to school. But for the first couple of years after when she was little, it was just hard for him. And then I just had to tell him, you know, you got to accept this. we got to figure out what to do here. Right. But I just know a lot of times when I talk to parents, most of the men, they just don't want to have anything to do. And I know a lot of, a lot of men have walked out on their families because there's they just couldn't deal with it. Me dealing with men in the counseling field and uh, just dealing with men in general, uh, you're going to have mm-hmm. a right on the nail. It's pride. Something like that can't come out of me, so it must be your fault. It's a, it's a great sense of denial. There's a whole lot of things, and, and they just want want it to disappear, and it's not going to mm-hmm. disappear. There's a YouTube video. It's called Autistic Like Me. It, 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 yeah, it's I saw that. Clip. It's 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 a African American male. I, I met. I mean, I, I I talked to him on the phone. He's a filmmaker, but he has a son. I guess the son is about twelve now, and he has autism. And he put together. He he collaborated with a psychologist who has a special, you know, a son with autism as well. But they went on a retreat. These are men, different, diverse group. And they went on a weekend retreat and talked about their feelings and about having a child with autism. It's excellent. It's called Autistic Like Me, and you can get it on Amazon real reasonable. But on on, um, YouTube, they have a little clip from it. And um, you can pull it up. It's very it, it it makes you cry to hear these men, and some of them are crying, and they just 
I can't, I can't do it. They, you know, one had two kids with autism, and the other one had a wife that was a psychologist, and he's mad at her because she couldn't figure it out early on. You know, it's, it's a lot, but it's very well done. Very well. Uh, I think I, I think I think one of the uh, areas that men I've dealt with men for many many years. One of the things that we have a problem with of mm-hmm. control. We want to be able to to fix it. We want to be able to do right. it. So a lot of times, I think we, we can't do nothing about that. We, we we don't even want to kind of deal with it because we know we have. We're not able to do anything about it. And I want to commend your husband for being able to understand that and support you in that. Most men, if they can't handle it, they want to be on top of it. They want to be in control of it. And if they can't figure it out, they just think, well, okay, I I, I can't even deal with this. But, again, like you said, pride and and shepherdism and and, and things of that sort. But being being saved. And then deal with the spirit. The, the Lord will help you to understand that. And uh, and a lot of times, men is slow in that area. You know, yeah. once as as the lady said, once once we catch on, right. and, and we realize that. But denial, denial, mm-hmm. and the fact that I'm I'm supposed to be able to control this. I, I'm the daddy. You right. know, and, and when I can't do this, mm-hmm. then. Hey, something's wrong. Right. I have a question also. Remember I told you about my teacher? Um, uh, he has a son that has Asperger's. <laughs> He's in his late 20s. He's had him since he was a baby. And I'm not trying to condemn him because, you know, we've got to deal with this. But his thing is, him and his lover, he's a homosexual, they adopted this baby when he was a little boy. And the man walked out on him, and he's trying to deal with it. How do you minister to homosexuals knowing, well, I know that's a touchy situation, and he has a son that's Hasburgers. How do you deal with that if you run across somebody, you know, like two, because I know some people that are lesbians that have the same thing. What is a way to, without being politically correct or keeping the word of God, what is the best way to minister to them to help them? Because there is a lot of, now they got, you know, daddy and me, mommy and me, stuff that we they didn't have. I'm almost 60 when we are in school, and now we got all these kids, and they got two moms, they got two dads, and, oh, boy, I'm just, how do you, how do you deal with that? It's a lot. I mean, I don't know what you mean, how do I deal with it, but, I mean. Now, I don't mean deal with it. What's the best way to, to minister with them, with, to tell them, you know, about, I don't, I don't. I don't even know how I'm trying to. If somebody can help me out, please help me. Let me let me share this with you. Uh, I was working at a residential facility. It was a drug mm-hmm. facility. It was an 18 month program, and uh, the guy's name was Sam, and he knew I was a Christian, and I ran a pretty tight shift there. Mm-hmm. And he watched me for a whole year. I didn't know it until he came in the office, and he wanted to know the Jesus that I knew. And the Bible says mm-hmm. that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You love right. them and don't judge them. And, yeah. you and, them and I and don't. Them. And the thing about it is when a person knows that you're judging them, they shut down and they tune you out. You right. Can, you can uh, be in a relationship with them, but you don't condone what they do. Because he knew I did not condone his lifestyle. 
but I still right. like them just the same. Right. And the best example we have is who? Jesus. He spent time with thieves, prostitutes, you name it. He I know. Him, and he said, the sick is the one that has the need of a physician. Because a lot, the reason why I ask that question because a lot of people say that I shouldn't be his friend, I shouldn't talk to him. But he's my teacher, and he's like you said, he's been watching me. Yeah. He's been my teacher for since 2016, yeah. and he tells me, you know, I can call you. You always give me good scriptures. You pray with me about my kids. You ask me how I'm doing, yeah. and you let your light yeah. shine. So I just, as a Christian, I just keep on doing that. But a lot of people tell me, oh, you need to tell him that he's doing this and that. And I don't think that's what I should do. Like, no, like you, you just said, said, brother. The Crenshaw Christian Center? Yes, it is. I know what Dr. Price is saying. What does the word say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. That's the main thing. That's the main people want to tell love. you no, whatever their opinions are, but the only opinion that matters to me is what the God, word of God says. Well, that's what my kids told me, too. That my kids said, Mom, you know what? You know, you, you've always been that way, and don't stop. Don't let nobody tell you differently. You know, you, right. you love him no right. matter what. Right. Well, one of my right. fans I have is I do not allow outside circumstances to dictate what I have in my head and my heart. Right. Okay. I appreciate yeah. that. I know I'm on the right track then. You sure yeah. are. So did I answer everybody's question? I, was there a yes, you sure oh, yeah. did. And make sure you get my phone number from Aretha. Okay, okay. The other one uh, you mentioned about gaps. Could you explain that? Oh, gaps, yeah. Developmental gaps. Um, So let me think. Okay, I was walking. I guess Brad was like 18, and we were walking to church. And it's about a 25-minute walk from my house. And he had walked in front of me, and he was down at Lamert Park, and I couldn't see him. And this guy was, like, putting oil all over his face. I said, oh, no, you don't let anybody do that. And you don't know this person? And that's a developmental gap, because if someone's 18, they normally wouldn't let that happen. Um, let's see. Yeah, just or there could be, they could say something inappropriate uh, for their age. Um, you know, that's what I mean, Gap. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, because it had bone chips. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, I was talking to my mom. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So that's what I mean by gaps, developmental gaps. So, okay. you know, if if they're, I mean, so someone's, someone's got a master's, but they can't tie their shoes, you know, that kind of thing. So there's gaps for whatever okay. reason for whatever reason. Um, the, there was a, Brad was in a program with this young lady, and she does, and there was, he had transportation, so they would drop him off and pick her up. So he knew where she lived. She lived a good 20-minute walk from us. And so he, he would walk our dog. And this particular day, um, or he had told me he had gone over there one day, and he said that she was in the room. He w- she wasn't coming out, you know, to the living room or come to the door. And I said, well, uh, and she did that twice. I said, well, Brad, she doesn't want to be bothered. You know, something's wrong. You shouldn't go back over there. 
And so he insisted on going. I just got home from work, and my husband said, you better go over there and see what's going on. So I, we, he and Brad and I got in the car, and we walked up the steps, and I knocked on the door, and her, her brother answered the door. He's like, a, you know, in high school. And she's Brad's age. Anyway, I um, asked to speak to the dad, and so the dad came to the door, and I introduced myself. I said, I'm Brad's mom, and I was coming to see if it's okay if Brad continued to come see um, stay, um, her name's Casey. And so he, she, he says, sure, it's up to Casey. But um, so he let Brad in, and Casey's was right there in the dining room. And so he he said that it's all up to her and that she was dealing with somebody else now, you know, and that she was dealing with a, um, um, what do you call him, a gang member about a year ago. And he said, I just had to let that, you know, um, let that um, situation just, you know, go away. He said he didn't really get involved with it, and and I said, oh, he so Brad comes back and says he's upset because she's upset, Casey's upset because he didn't he did not call before he came. I said, well, yeah, you should call before you come over to people's house. I said, so go back and ask her for her phone number. So I'm standing at the front door with the dad, and, you know, he's going back and forth. And so he comes back, and he said, she won't give me the phone number. I said, well, that's your answer. She doesn't want you to call her. She doesn't want you to come over here. So don't come back and say goodbye, and we're leaving. So that's a gap to me, okay? Uh-huh. And it was a teachable moment, and I took it, and that's, as parents, those are the kinds of things that we have to do for our kids. Well, you know what? It's kind of funny because some guys don't get it either and want to give them the wrong phone number. You know what I'm So when I tell that story, I say, well, is this autism or is this adulting? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is real life stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. I do have one more question, Miss Florence, uh-huh. because you mentioned about the law enforcement officer, and I know this year at least five or six developmentally disabled uh, uh, people have been killed. Right. Uh, uh, remember the one in Rochester, New York. I, I think it might have been some drugs involved or whatever. But right. these people, you know, they, they, they was in a mental crisis, and the law enforcement people handle it by the loss of life. What right. type of training do you think they need to have before they're ever called, you know? Well, you know, I think, yeah, I think they need to understand, like, autism. See, a lot of people don't understand, like, the flaps and the jerks and the jumps and all that. And it's not like they're, I mean, they're shooting people that don't have autism, right? Exactly. movements, but so our kids really are at risk, you know, because they become anxious and afraid and they don't know what's going on, some of them, and they're just like, or they start running. So they need to understand what are the characteristics 
I mean, they need to know all of them. <laughs> that yeah. This is something that could be going on. It's not they're going after a gun or they're not trying to go for something else. This is just their involuntary body mo- movement. So I think that uh, I think they need a comprehensive training on it and there's there's smatterings of it here and there but there's nothing like comprehensive and I know uh, recently uh, uh, Chief Morris with LAPD had some type of community thing up at Exhibition Park did you hear about that? Mm-mm. when was this? this was maybe about six weeks ago and they met people community on a one on one basis they had about 30 police officers there, and they had chats, and he was able to talk to them one-on-one about mm. the things that were in the community, and they talked about mental health, they talked about misconceptions, perceived racism, and this was a good thing. And I'm saying all that to say this. I really do believe uh, uh, Chief Moore really wants to make some comprehensive changes in the police department. I do well, see I know Garcetti put together a commission, and my... One of my daughter's friend's husband, he's on that commission, and I know him, so I'm going to reach out to him because I want to be part of that. So, um, you know, I'm, it's, I'm just working on my Spanish version of my book right now. I, I need to get that done, and, you know, that's very tedious for those who have written a book. You know that. Uh. So I need to get this done, you know, before the end of the year. But there's a lot of things I want to do. I want to do some programming in our group for for our adults. And actually, I've taken the parents to Glen Ivy for three years straight. And I got transportation from one of the supervisors. And it was it's beautiful. You know, it's like we get to know each other on a personal level. I have a chat and chill. And that's aside from the support group where we just talk about everything but kids and autism. And we meet for an hour. It's the week. It's the third Monday of every month. Because I notice a lot of our parents, uh, my parents, we needed something in addition just to this information, you know, silo. And we needed to connect on another level. So we do that in addition to the, the regular support group. But, yeah, so I really appreciate the time to talk to you and share. I hope I've shed some light on our world here, and I really uh, appreciate the input that you guys have given. Uh, my name is, is Lawrence. My name is Doug, and I have a question for you. Thank you yeah. for sharing your, your story with your son about in the gas station. Uh, is there a way to try to protect those that um, – are, are challenged in, with with your son and having to confront that police officer. A lot of diabetics and people with health problems have a bracelet or a necklace that identify oh, their yeah. health issues. Is there a way to do something like that for we those with those, autism? We have those, but you know, also in addition to um, all the other characteristics, some of our kids are sensitive uh, to different, like kinds of material, metal, you know, they're sensitive, so they can't wear that. That's not an option. But they do have the bracelets and the necklaces. 
um, available that have, you know, autism on it. Amen. Yeah. And they have, there's a county agency that provides an ID, like an ID bracelet that says the same thing for free. But, yeah, it's, it's they're out there. But, and then you have people, you know, like I said, the abilities and the sensitivities range. Where people, they don't want that on their arm or their neck. And they're sensitive to it. So it's not a one-size-fits-all, you know. But, it, yeah, hey, they man, do have, have it available. Question. I have a question for you. Um, but I don't know if Bishop Taylor is on, but he was trying to chime in. Bishop Taylor, if you want to go first, you can if you're on the line still. I don't know if he's still on the line because he was trying to chime in. I heard him earlier. But my question is about the medicine. The medicine that these young children take, is it a help or a hurt? Does it calm them down? Well, there's different kinds of things. You know, some... Yeah. Uh, Brad doesn't take any medicine other than fish oil. And we learned, oh. my husband learned early on that that calmed him down. Right. And he's been taking it since he's been, he's eight, since he was eight. And we, I don't know what happened, but he didn't, or I, he didn't have any or something for like a week, and we could tell the difference. He was getting really anxious mm-hmm. and, you know, fidgety more than normal. But that really helped. But some people take prescribed medicines. And because some have really, um, you know, they need it for different reasons, yeah. you know, their behavior right. or whatever. But, yeah, different, like I said, everyone's mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good evening, so. Sister Risa. Good evening. This is Sister Benny. How are you? Oh, fine, Sister Benny. Thank you so much for chiming in. Um, just saying, God bless Sister Florence and you for getting the information out about uh, autism because it is misunderstood. Uh, we have here in St. Louis in my congregation, we've got a young man, um, he's functional. Uh, I guess you would call him, uh, Sister Florence, I think you would call him um, high-functioning autism. Mm -hmm. He does have a job. Um, But when he's at church, we include him in with the music. Uh, he He has an ability where... He can play the organ by ear, and it's wonderful. Um, When he's not doing that, I'm on the keyboard, and we give him the maracas. And once he gets Mm -hmm. the beat, oh, he got it. And it does. You can see the joy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh You can see the joy and the pleasure that he gets Mm -hmm. out of, you know, being a part of the service. Then. Two pastor includes him in on the different little jobs that have to be done around the church, moving chairs, dusting right. down stuff, 
with the COVID thing going, wiping down certain things. So, but that's good. But that's not. But um, I guess with me, it was a mama thing. Back here about a year ago, we had church picnic, and the young man loved to walk around, so we weren't really worried about him, you know, walking off. But one of our little girls was with um, was with a group that had went swimming, and she got separated from them, and she was crying. Well, our young man, he walked up, he saw her crying, and the little girl knew him from church, and she was trying to get back to where everybody was, where our grandma was. So the young man, he brings her back up to the shelter where we are. Well, meanwhile, <laughs> back at the ranch, we got some nosy rosy called the county police and said that this young man was taking a little girl and she was crying. Now, I'm not being racial when I say this. However, we were the only black group at this park at this time. And when the officer came up and began to question, me and myself, I went into defense mode. And my pastor had never seen me go there. But I did that to protect Isaac. Because I felt that that officer did not understand Isaac. I, 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 I felt that even though he tried to play it off, but on the down low or on the low key, as the kids say, he was still being accusatory, and I didn't like that. So Pastor was like, oh, my, what am I going to do? Well, number one, you're going to let me talk to this man, and number two, you're going to get out of my way. So, um, but so many times, you know, our our church congregations, we don't understand, and the first thing we want to throw it in is the kid is possessed or whatever because we don't understand about mental issues and it's not just autism, it's, it's a ton of them out there that the church, the faith community does not understand. And I'm thankful that the Lord has placed on your heart, Sister Aretha, to continue your quest to get it out and to let us all know that this thing is real and mental health does matter. And even those of us that call ourselves in our right minds, hey, we need some help too at times. Right. So, right. And, I, I, and I'm thankful that you keep encouraging. If you need to talk to somebody, it's nothing wrong with calling for help. It's nothing wrong with it. Appreciate you, girl. Love you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, Evangelist Benny. Amen. God bless you. God bless all of you that have chimed in and and um, talked to our guests and asked questions of her. And and um, 
is there is there we're not going to do the um we're not going to have the round table today i wanted to um i wanted to give time to the listeners to ask questions to engage and um and i just when we when we end i just want to end it on the note of autism and the importance of um, support and just getting to know what it is and what it's not um and, yeah, what it is and what it's not, and, and um, it's not a demon possession. <laughs> but I, um, I really, I thank God for, for uh, I'm going to call her Sister Florence. For Sister Florence and what she's doing out in the community, how she's helping so many. And you, please get that book. It, and and as she said, one thing that impressed me about the book is it's not so, it's not so bad and thick that it takes you months to get through it. <laughs> it's a good read, and it's so, um, it just shows the passion that she has for her son, and not just for her son, but, you know, the passion that she has um, for to help others that are in the same position um, uh, that she's in. And I want to say to Evangelist Benny, thank you so much. Um, I've adopted her as my big sister, and I love you too, Evangelist Danny. I love you too, and I appreciate um, you and and all your support. Thank you so much, a uh, big supporter of um, the mental health ministry. I love you too, dear. Um, and so are there any other questions or comments um, about autism, autism or um, Yeah, I want to say something about um, my daughter, Michelle, you know, I told you about her. She went to school. She went to Cypress College, and she um, she played with Special Olympics basketball. And there was this young man and his mother. They used to always stare at us and always – they treated us really, really kind of mean. So one day I was um, I was at Taco Bell because I was the district manager for Taco Bell, and I was my husband called me and said, you need to come down here to the school right away. I said, what's wrong? He said, I need you to come to the school. So I go down there to the school. It took me like 30 minutes to get there, and the police was there. And I said, what's going on? He said, yeah, the police, um, they called the police and said that they were coming to put you in jail. I said, put me in jail for what? He said, because your daughter had told the police that you tried to kill her. I said, what do you mean I tried to kill her? So all the teachers vouched for me, no, that's not Miss Holly. She's really, you know, good with her daughter. You know, she has a job and everything. Come to find out, it was a Caucasian guy, him and his mom, they were jealous of us because we were wealthy, so she told her son to make up a lie, and they tried to arrest me and put wow. me in jail. But I had, I had witnesses from the school, the guy that runs the school, Cypress College. He's still there. His name is Adam Goddain, Denise, and they're in charge of the whole, you know, special needs. But we, they asked the guy, well, what's going on? And he started crying and said, I'm sorry. My mom told me to do it because they were prejudiced because – they were a black, wealthy family, and we didn't have a lot, and we were jealous of them. And I was wow. just wondering, uh, I was just wondering, you know, I was like, what would even possess them to do something like that? But, you know, because, you know, um, because we were a wealthy family, they were insecure, and they didn't like that. And I know they always gave me weird looks, and I used to tell my husband, I don't trust them. Something's wrong with them. And when he called me and the police was there, and they, they said, man, we're so sorry. They didn't want me to know. They wanted me to come down there. And when we got through talking to him, he said that's what happened, and he apologized. 
they they apologized, and I was like, why? So to you, Miss um, Florence, why would you think somebody would do something like that? Well, there's some there's some like you said, jealous people, and there's mm-hmm. out there. So we have to always be, you know, be on the lookout for those things, you know, and it's not. You know, sometimes you say, oh, it's not really that. But then you say, okay, let me think about that. You know, what's going on here? Uh-huh. And just just be alert. Just be alert. Mm-hmm. So have you experienced anything like that with some of the people that you run across? And if you do, what is the best way to deal with it? So yeah, I know they tell you, because I'm also a nurse, I went to nursing school, they tell you to cover your assets, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. you got to make sure everything's okay. Yeah, I just, you know, I try to just take care of my 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 circle, my world. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if it looks like something that, you know, like you're experiencing, like you described, it's like I just go the other way. Well, it hasn't happened in a long time, but I'm just saying I just can believe that there are people that are plot to, you know, Oh, yeah. With different types of things, to, you know, to get you in trouble. Yep, there's a lot out there going on in the real world. <laughs> a lot. So be just have be alert and be aware. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's how I would handle it. Just. I just good evening, Doctor Ratham. Hello, can you hear me? So if anybody is, you know, interested in the support group or, I mean, you have family members or church members, please give them my information, BracyFlorence2013 at Gmail. Have them email me and I'll send them an invitation packet and get them on the list. And like I said, we're on Zoom now. So anywhere in the country, I have people from all over because I have – the foster care system is um, – I've tapped into the foster care system because there are a lot of people that have foster kids that have autism. So they attend my support group as well, families, foster foster families, foster parents, and, um, of course, um, those that have natural-born children. But, yeah, so if there's anybody that you think would be interested in the support group, please pass pass my information along to them. The book is um, on Amazon, or you can order it from me on my website either way. And it's $20. If I send it out, it's $5 for postage. But it's about the same either from me or, or Amazon. And it's all said and done. But I think it's a good read, and anybody that's really has a young child that's trying to figure it out, and they say that grandparents are the first pe- people to really notice if there's some developmental, dis- um, you know, missteps in developmental, um, your child developing, then it's normally someone outside of the family that really notices it, mostly grandparents, aside from pediatricians. So, yeah, with that... I'll just leave my little motto. It's like our children do get better, so have hope. And I really appreciate the comments and the questions that you guys have shared with me. And I hope Um, I've shed some light. You really have. And I think one more person wanted to say something. Is Brother Clarence 
on the line? Yes, good evening. Hi, good evening. Good evening. Hi, I apologize. I've been out, but uh, I just want to just thank both of you ladies, and especially Sister Rita, for what this platform that you brought. Um, this mental illness uh, uh, is huge. This autism is a hot topic. It's very important. I was just looking at a video the other day on Facebook, and I didn't get it all, but it was a situation where there was this white lady, and her son had autism, and and, and to make the video, the, the, the story short, the police ended up pulling up on the scene, and I didn't get it all, but she ended up shooting and killing her son because he had autism. And um, not to change pages, but the lady that was before me, um, one thing that I like to say if you – or if anyone come into contact with police for any reason, and, and this especially I'm speaking to myself, we all have to keep our feelings and emotions out of, out of, out of the situation. Um, this, this country has taught us all how to be played on by our feelings or our emotions. So we, we have to learn how to keep that, that, that sound mind, that, that calm essence within ourselves when we're dealing with them because they, they know that, you know, we, we're infected with the profanity and acting this way and acting that way. So we have to stay in control of ourselves because that's what they want to do is play on our emotions. They want to play on our feelings. They want to twist scenarios to make us the guilty person, the suspect, the perpetrator, and, and the list can go on and on. So we have to have that calm, you know, because they're, they're trained to, to, to trigger us, to find our trigger mechanism and activate them. So um, I, I just came on a few minutes ago, so um, I'll get Sister Rita to, because uh, I'm not around pencil and paper, to let me know the title of the book. So I can order it because from what I heard, it seems to be a, a great book and a book that's necessary to read. So I just want to commend you both. Thank you both for sharing your love, your knowledge, and just giving to us what you have to give. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Clarence. Thank you so much. I appreciate you chiming in. Thank you. All of you, um, thank you so much. And and uh, Florence, I know that you're, I know that you're super, super busy. And I thank you so much for um, being with us today. Um, thank uh, you for inviting me. I really appreciate the the feedback and the questions and able the you know the opportunity to share because a lot of people just you know they don't know or you know they mm-hmm. just are curious or just to know and be aware. But you can check my website out, FlorenceBracy, B-R-A-C-Y, dot com, and um, you can see, you know, there's some pictures there, the support group. It's much bigger now because I'm on Zoom, and people are able to attend <laughs> because they have a travel. You know, here in L.A., you know, we have a travel issue here. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's been quite you know, it, it has benefited me, this Zoom format, so I'm excited. 
but uh, where were you guys meeting before the pandemic? We were meeting at Healthy African American Families uh, Conference Room right on in Lamert Park. Oh, okay, great. On Crenshaw okay. and Forty Third around there. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, That's so great. I was there for you know all that time, and. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting people all over because, you know, I meet people from selling my book. So they're getting the information I sent out on an email, but they weren't, you know, they would come sporadically to the meetings because, you know, a lot of people have therapy and, mm-hmm. you know, they they don't have a babysitter or whatever. They, whatever, they can't yeah. make it. But this way they're able to get the information on Zoom and still, you know, maintain their household. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, wow. it's nice. It's very nice. But I hope everybody is just taking care of themselves just spiritually and emotionally during this time because it's a challenge for all of us, you know, just keeping sane. Sure. You know, a lot of people are, you know, getting a little depressed and how do we do that to keep ourselves, you know, up and and just, you know, just on point through all of this. I just me personally, I just stopped listening to the news. My husband tells me all the, <laughs> all, all, the all the main points if I need to know something because it's, it's just too depressing to me. And oh, we started you know, swimming and you know doing our aerobics exercises just to get the stress off of us, you know. And that's but, a, that's a good thing. good for you. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. So. Um, uh, again, thank you so much, Juan. Uh, well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. And I enjoyed talking to all of you that were on the call. Right. They they enjoy you also. And I think this was a wonderful way to kick off this um, this um, ministry. And so right. thank you so much. And I and I pray that you will continue. I know that you will. I don't have to say I pray because I know you're going to do it anyway. But, you know, continue to keep up the wonderful work that you're doing. And um, be encouraged, stay encouraged, and and give our regards to your family, Brad, and your husband, his name is Charles, right, and your daughter. daughter. God bless them all. God bless you all. And thank you so much for loving Brad and for taking good care of him. Thank you. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank all you. Right. God Bye-bye. bless you. Thank you. Bye bye. So thank you all for thank you so much for um, for staying on. I know that we were we were going to do the roundtable from seven to eight, and so next week we'll get to the um, the roundtable. But I want to thank you all so very very much for hanging in there, and those of you that chimed in again, I want to thank you all for your amazing support. This is wonderful, and um, I'm just happy that you all are here with me. You support our ministry. This is our ministry, and really fast. In case someone asks you what the one-third means in sound mind, one-third ministry, I, I added one-third because we know the Lord wants us to be in a sound mind, power, love, and a sound mind. And so the reason I added one-third is because um, one-third is, I mean, I'm sorry, our mental is a third of our being, right? We're, we're not just spiritual beings. We're not just physical beings. We're three-part beings, and a third of 
we are. And what we are, the mental is a third of our being. So when, if people ask you, like, where did that one third come from? Come from? Where did that come from? You can say that it's sound mind because, you know, the Lord wants us to have a sound mind. Sound mind is important. Soundness of mind. Soundness of mind is so important. And that one third is a, is a, um, a third of who we are is mental, not just spiritual, not just physical, but a third of our being is, is, um, is mental. So that's where it came from. And so, again, I praise and thank God for all of you. I hope that you will meet me again on next Thursday at 6 p.m. Um, that is Pacific time, 6 p.m. Central time. Thank you all. If I, if I could hug you all, I would, I would do just that. And thank you um, so very, very, very much. I will see you. I will meet with you next Thursday, 6 p.m. Um, so let me see. That's 6 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. <coughs> excuse me, 8 p.m. Central, and 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. I hear Minister Ramsey's voice. <laughs> God bless you. I'm on the east side. <laughs> That's right. You. Oh my gosh. So eight o'clock. Oh, it's eleven o'clock there. Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for hanging in. Thank you for hanging in here with us. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> Wonderful, powerful, powerful segment. I, I loved it. I'm encouraged. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. I'm happy that you all um, um, enjoyed this and that you were able to take some. I hope that you're able to take something um, away from this. She, the love that she has for her her child is just. It's remarkable. I mean, you know, you love your child anyway, but sometimes, like she said, people, sometimes when people can't handle certain illnesses, they, they can't deal with them, they, um, sometimes they send them away because that's, they can't deal with it. And it's not easy to deal with that. Some people never accept uh, a special needs child or they never um, accept someone that's mentally ill. So I praise and thank God for her and what she's doing and how she has turned that um, I'm not going to say, well, I'm not going to call it, you know, it was, I bet it was so disappointing for her, but she turned it into something positive. You know, Amen. she turned it into something, into something positive, and she's giving back and, you know, the support group, the book, and you guys really should get the book. But anyway, um, before we close out, would you all, does anyone have anything to say before I stop the recording? Well, uh, Sister uh, Aretha, could you have the minister to close us out? We started out prayer. Let's answer prayer. All right. Amen. Minister, Minister Mike. No, that's the minister. Put it to work. <laughs> oh, okay, Minister, Minister Ramsey, you want to close us out in prayer? Thank you. Yes, I will. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Bless you both. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this gathering. We thank God that we held hands in the spirit and we touched and agreed, Lord. We thank you for the woman of God that came on and talked about autism, God. It's very important, Lord. We thank God right now for what you did on this day. Hallelujah, God. And, Lord, as we go to sleep tonight, God, we ask you to let us dream sweet dreams and bless us. Cover our doors, cover our back porches, our front porches, and cover our whole area around our homes. In the name of Jesus, God. And we thank you right now, God, for being our provider, our protector, Lord. 
Lord. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, as we assemble again together at the next appointed time, God, that somebody would be blessed, healed, delivered, and set free. And we consider this prayer done in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you all. And remember that mental health matters, and it's time to remove the stigma. God bless you, and I will meet with you next Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Be blessed. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This session is no longer being recorded. Good night. Good night. Good night, Nate. Very good. God bless you.